And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, we're watching land values in the land market as we enter into 2024. And despite increasing pressure from declining commodity markets, rising interest rates and inflation, the land market seems to be moving into 2024, maintaining the value increases it has built during the past three years. That is evidenced in Farmers National Company's sale results logged in the past six months. Buyer demand remains strong for good quality cropland across the Midwest, while the supply of land for sale remains limited. Paul Shadegg, Senior Vice President of Real Estate Operations for Farmers National Company, says, quote, These factors further play into the dynamics of the supply and demand scenario and remain a large factor in supporting current values in early 2024. Now, successful farmland buyers continue to be local farmer operators in nearly 80% of transactions. Available cash has played a significant role in how aggressive buyers are able to bid at land sales within the past several years. Shadegg says, quote, current market operators' equity positions have narrowed over the past year and lending has increased as outlined in the most recent ag credit survey from the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, end quote. Now, along with the increase in lending comes the expense from interest, which will cut into potential net farm income in the coming year for farm operators. Well, as we take a look here, the uh, Mexican government has extended duty exemptions for imported pork, beef, and poultry, and meaning that eligible suppliers will continue to enter Mexico duty-free through the end of the year. Aaron Borer, U.S. Meat Export Federation Vice President of Economic Analysis, has more details. So if we recall back to May of 2022 and the inflationary reduction efforts by several countries, that's when the Mexican government first implemented zero tariffs on all imports of beef, pork, and poultry. Not completely unheard of because Mexico had previously introduced temporary tariff-free quotas for import. Similar to the U.S., inflation in general has been coming down. So we kind of had a sense that they may go ahead and let that temporary tariff exemption expire at the end of 2023. But they extended it again through the end of 2024. And so now it's kind of become a longer term policy. And Borer explains how this has affected competition in the largest destination for U.S. pork. The U.S. and Canada are at zero duty through NAFTA and USMCA. So the zero tariff benefits were really going on the pork side to Europe. And then with Brazil beginning shipments in February of 2023, Brazil was also benefiting. Those exports from Brazil had ticked up above 5,000 metric tons a month. But then in late November, a Mexican court actually halted the access for Brazil related to their sanitary access. So the court case has resulted in at least a temporary suspension of Brazilian pork entering Mexico. 90% of our exports are chilled and difficult for Brazil to compete head on. So our share of total exports of pork to Mexico actually increased from the prior two years to 84%. So that Brazilian product that is made in Rhodes, they were taking market share from Canada and Brazil took share from Europe. Well, you can learn more online. Just go to usmef.org. Well, Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley sees a turbulent year ahead for the farm and spending bills. Grassley accurately predicted the last one-year extension of the farm bill and now says, If we don't have a farm bill tax by late spring, it's unlikely that we'll get a farm bill this year. Standing in the way, two government shutdown deadlines short of agreement on full-year spending bills, including USDA. 
Well, it seems to me it'd be easy to move the January 19th one to February 2nd because the January 19th isn't going to shut down all of government, and February 2 would have that impact. But moving the first deadline covering USDA will take legislation that Grassley fears House ultra-conservatives will block, raising the prospect of a legislative end run. There's a feeling that uh, since the Freedom Caucus controls the Rules Committee, that anything that's going to be done, the funding for government for the rest of the year, the uh, whole border issue connected with Ukraine and Israel is going to have to be done through uh, the uh, process of two-thirds votes in the United States Senate. And maybe the House. That, despite House and Senate leaders' deal on a top-line figure for spending bills. Pretty certain that all of these areas, not just in agriculture but across the board, is going to come in a little bit less than what the McCarthy-Biden agreement uh, did, but not a whole lot less. Well, the House defeated its earlier USDA spending bill over cuts to farm and food programs and an anti-abortion rider. Ultra-conservatives called the new top-line deal a total failure and could force Speaker Mike Johnson to again rely on Democrat votes, which cost former Speaker Kevin McCarthy his job. Well, the U.S. Grains Council just released four new web pages focused on the organization's sustainability efforts. The web pages provide information and resources on the practices and technologies that contribute to the sustainability of U.S. farms and agribusinesses. The pages showcase USGC's commitment to global climate efforts and how it is working with its members and international stakeholders to address sustainability challenges in the food, feed, fuel, and fiber international supply chains in which the products it represents participate. Carlos Suarez, USGC Manager of Sustainability Policy and Innovation, says, quote, the council is in a unique position to help barley corded sorghum farmers showcase their journey in adopting sustainable production practices and align with international supply chain requirements, end quote. Now, the council's goal is to increase the volumes of sustainably produced U.S. grains that reach international markets to support global food security and climate-smart international supply chains. You can find the pages online. Just go to grains.org. Well, the Eighth Circuit Court unanimously overruled a district court and upheld Iowa's 2019 and 2021 agriculture trespass laws as constitutional here this past week. After several organizations challenged the new law, the district court concluded that the intent requirement renders the law viewpoint-based and unconstitutional under the First Amendment. In the ruling, the Eighth Circuit Court said, quote, we respectfully disagree and therefore reverse, end quote. Now, the lawsuit was filed by groups including the Animal Legal Defense Fund and the Center for Food Safety, among others. Iowa Agriculture Secretary Mike Nag responded saying, quote, The legislature and Governor Kim Reynolds enacted these laws to safeguard our ag community and protect our food security. It is welcome news that Iowa producers can now be protected from trespassers and it sends a clear message to those who maliciously target our livestock farms, end quote. Critics described the laws as ag-gag laws seeking to criminalize efforts to access and secretly record alleged animal abuse on farms. And finally, here on American Ag Today, the Department of Agriculture reminding farmers, ranchers, and forest landowners that January 13th is the deadline to apply for the Discrimination Financial Assistance Program, program made possible by the Inflation Reduction Act. And you can learn more details by contacting your local USDA office or go online to 22007apply.gov for more information. That's all the time we have on this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.